I'm going Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. That was. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. That was. That was. F- that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he went with the Dolphins, and the Dolphins screwed him at the drive-thru. Damn, what was I thinking? Chris Sims Unbuttoned, Week 8 Megapix Podcast. I really, You know what? We got a lot of games to get to, so we shouldn't waste any time looking at how we did last week. What the fuck? My God, what happened? It was a disaster. It was a complete and total disaster. Thank God you got almost as many wrong as I did. God, thank God the Eagles came through. You were 0-3 in best bets, but I was 1-2. It's not like I can brag. No. You're kicking my ass against the spread. You're up nine games. I don't care about the spread. I'm holding on to a one-game lead straight up, and I widened my lead a little bit best bets. Why do we even bother with best bets? We're fucking horrible. Well, it, it, it's tough. I mean, what do you, you know, again, it's, it's, that's why gambling's hard. It's, 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 I feel like my best bets, I'm either 2-1 and one or on the verge of going 3-0. and oh. Or it just becomes an absolute disaster, you know. But yeah, you know, it's it's the the Forty Niners. You fumble, you miss a field goal to start a game. You call an all out blitz with uh, sixteen seconds left and no timeouts in the first half. That can pretty much fuck over anybody's bet in America, right there. Those three plays fucked it over. So it's tough betting on the NFL. And last week was certainly a crazy week, uh, to say the least. We are the prime example of why you shouldn't bet, or more accurately, only bet money that you already have mentally prepared to lose because you can't win, or you can at least try. The DraftKings Pick'em Pool continues to be an option for you if you're so inclined every week this season. You can play along with us, and you don't need money for it. It's free. It's a free $1,000 Florio and Sims pick and pull. Pick every game against the spread for a chance at a $1,000 prize pool every single week. Oh, hey, it's me again. Download the DraftKings app, click on Pools tab, and enter the free 1,000 Florio and Sims pick and pull to make your picks or visit DraftKings.com slash pools. Just like us, you must enter all your picks before kickoff of the Thursday night game. All right, let's get to it. There's a lot to talk about today because every team is playing. The best reason I can come up with, other than sheer incompetence of the schedule makers, sorry, 345 Park Avenue, is that they wanted everyone to play just before the trade deadline. That's the best I can do for you. Six teams were off last week. No teams off this week. 16 games to be played. Let's get to it. Bucks at Bills. Thursday night football, can the Jenga Tower avoid collapsing like the various leaning towers in Italy? I'm now aware of at least two leaning towers in Italy. Is the leaning tower of Buffalo going to stay up tonight, Chris? I I expect it to stay up. I don't think it's going to be like the most stable structure in the history of the planet, you know, to play off your Jenga Tower stuff there. Uh, there's still concerns. I I, I don't look at this and go, Oh, Buffalo just hasn't played good the last three weeks. No, there there's things to think that they're just not as good as some of us or, you know, the sports media might've thought to start the year. Right. Uh, I think that's really the reality of this. And then with the, the injuries that we've talked about on the defensive side of the ball, that's a different unit. They're still well coached. I get that. You know, the bucks offense is nothing special, 
Uh, you alluded to it earlier today. I mean, Baker Mayfield, I think, was speaking to the media and basically saying we've been trying to be a run team and basically we're not a run-first team because they can't run the ball effectively. Right? They're going to have to win some games or win the game with Baker Mayfield, his right arm, and him and Mike, Edwin, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin making plays there. I, I, uh, I don't know if they – I don't think they can do that on the road, but I do think they're going to keep it close. I do think their defense will keep them in this football game. You know, and, and the in continued imbalanced uh, offense of the Buffalo Bills with lack of a running game or lack of anything other than, you know, Josh Allen making magic or lasers is still a huge concern with, with the Bills. So I'm taking the Bills because it's at home. It is a little bit of a desperation game. They have the energy there, but I think this will be close. 20 to 16 Bills. I got 24-17. I'm, I'm – Giving the Bucks the opportunity to cover, they have an opportunity to win. The Bills are off, and they don't have enough time to turn it around from Sunday. Sunday's a red alert. Losing to the Patriots, as bad as the Patriots have been, they lost forty, or, excuse me, thirty-four nothing at home to the Saints the last time they had played at Gillette Stadium, and they beat the Bills. And that Bills offense, sluggish, uninspired, low energy, too much energy. I, I don't understand what they're trying to do. I don't think they understand what they're trying to do. I think they get it together just enough tonight. And as we pointed out earlier today on PFT Live, every one of their games up until week 17 is in a big spot. It's primetime or 425 p.m. Eastern. They're going to be under extra scrutiny the rest of the way. They shouldn't be 4-3. and three. They desperately need this one tonight before they face the the Bengals next Sunday night on NBC and Peacock. I'll give it to them 24-17. I really don't have a cogent argument to make in favor of it other than if they're ever going to get their shit together, they're going to do it tonight. I I, I hear you. Right. I I don't think there's, you know, I think it's going to be a work in progress. So I don't think it's going to be like, oh, they got their shit together and they're back exploding on the scene here. You know, I think you kind of talked about it. You know, earlier today, maybe this and after this game, they can start to tinker with the offense a little bit and then figure out maybe, hey, the way they want to play with the injuries on defense and can Von Miller get back to the form he had before the injuries and all of that? And, you know, where are they as far as that side of the ball? But I don't think we're going to see some miraculous fix tonight. I certainly don't. I don't think that's happening. All right. So we both like the Bills to win. The Bucks to cover. We'll see how it plays out tonight on Amazon Prime. Sunday, let's get started with two quarterbacks taken first and second in the draft. C.J. Stroud of the Texans has been far better than Bryce Young of the Panthers. Both have had a bye week to prepare for this game. The Texans, surprisingly good. The Panthers, surprisingly winless. The Texans are favored by three in Carolina. There are nine road favorites this week. 84% of the spread money is on the Panthers, according to DraftKings. Chris, who do you like in this one? Texans, Panthers, and give me your score. Yeah, that's interesting that it's on the Panthers. I I, I can understand it. Uh, You know, listen, I'm going to pick the Texans to win the football game, right? But, like, kind of how we were last week with the Giants over the Commanders, this feels like the week Carolina could get off the schneid. Right. Yeah. Bye week. Go back to the drawing board. What does Bryce Young do? Well, right. Also, the desperation of, hey, we haven't won a football game. We got to make something happen here. 
right? I think all those things kind of favor Carolina, where Houston, uh, I, they, they went into the bye week with a different psychological mindset, kind of like, hey, we're doing good, and hey, we're better than people expected, and hey, this rookie quarterback, you got a special you know, I think Carolina's going to go out of their way to kind of show in this game because everybody's been talking about C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson, and especially C.J. Stroud. It's going to be an organizational motivation to show, hey, you know, we picked the right guy. Look at Bryce Young. Look what he's doing. I'm going to pick the Texans to win the game because i got to see it first from the Panthers before I believe it. I'm going to take them 21-17. to But I, I will not be shocked if the upset is pulled off here by – you know, the Carolina Panthers because of the, the things I, you know, already stated. Well, it's happened again. Exact same score, 21-17. I already put mine in the sheet that we use to communicate. I wrote four different scores programs. down, too, and still settled on that. <laughs> 21-17 was the first one I put down. Look, my concern about the Panthers is this. For whatever reason, whatever the, the spark, whatever the justification, whatever the timeline, you've got Frank Reich giving up play calling to yeah, Thomas Brown. right. And that's been the big change from week six to week eight. I've got to see it to believe it. Yeah. I've got to witness the Panthers do something better than what they've done. And maybe it'll be higher scoring than 21-17 because, if anything, the Texans' defense has let them down. They could have beaten, should have beaten the Falcons. They didn't. But their offense with C.J. Stroud is good, and they've had two weeks to get ready. The Panthers have had two weeks to get ready. We'll see what happens on Sunday when the Panthers and the Texans get together. The Panthers have Carolina. had issues stopping the run. That's the other thing. Like, I was, like, kind of close to going, you know, I might pick this upset. And then, you know, you pull up the Carolina Panthers schedule, and you go, no, 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 some teams have absolutely gashed them in the run game. And Houston can run the ball. And that's where their offense starts. And that ultimately, that with a lot of the things you said uh, convinced me to go with the Texans. But I do think a lot of the psychological stuff – Makes Carolina desperate, which is a little little scary. All right. Rams at the Cowboys. Yeah. The first of only two Cowboys, 1 o'clock Eastern games all year. They are a big attraction. Primetime, late afternoon, Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. The Rams, they let me down last week. I thought they were going to be able to overcome the pasta and meatballs. They failed. Can they overcome, how about them Cowboys, when the Cowboys have had two weeks to get ready for this one, and they've gotten a sense that there's an opening there. The 49ers have lost two in a row. The Eagles have lost a game. The door is open for the Cowboys. Do they get past the Rams on Sunday? Yeah, I, I, I do. I think they're going to get past them. I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't look at it. That spread, right, six points, that's a little much for me. It is. I mean, one – the Cowboys' offense is simple. You've heard me say that. The Rams will be all over their stuff that way. Now, where I do look at it, where it could change a little in this game is the Cowboys might be able to run against this Rams football team, and then that can make their pass game look a little bit better because you have to worry so much about the run and all of that. Right, So that's the one area I get a little scared of is just maybe the Cowboys, can they bludgeon the Rams and just run on them, you know, all game long. I think that's the one thing I'm a little scared about. But uh, overall, you know, I think a lot of this Rams defense, they're well coached. We know they're young and they're not perfect there, but they're creative. And I think because of the simplicity of the passing game of the Cowboys, they'll find ways to kind of play run defense and kind of help out the pass defense as well. The other side of the ball, hey, I'm 
the Cowboys, aggressive, man-to-man. I worry about the Rams being overrun a little bit on the offensive line. That's certainly a worry. Um, but I also worry for the Cowboys that they play too much man-to-man and they're a little aggressive. And McVay and Stafford and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are going to have something for them there. I think the Rams hang around and keep this game close and uncomfortable with the Cowboys. Ultimately, I think the Cowboys are better, uh, and I'm going to pick them to win the game. But 20-17, to 17, Cowboys. I got the same idea, but one more touchdown for the Cowboys. I've gone back and forth on this. You know, the Cowboys don't win close games. They win blowouts. They steamroll you. I can see Micah Parsons chasing Matthew Stafford around. And the thing that gave me pause here, the dynamic we've seen from time to time when teams come to Dallas to play. Remember when the Browns did it a couple of years ago, when Kyler Murray comes to Dallas to play? There's extra sizzle. Matthew yeah. Stafford coming it's back the big to show. Texas. He grew up right. a Cowboys fan. Right. right. This is a big deal for him. But the Cowboys, the extra time to get ready, the urgency to go out and assert themselves, the opportunity to gain some ground on the 49ers, who very well may lose this weekend again. That one's coming up when the Bengals come to town. The Eagles lost to the Jets. I just feel like this is one that the Cowboys have to get. The Cowboys will get 27-17. I think they pull it off. With the Rams, you just never know what you're going to get. I thought they were going to win last week. They didn't. This week, watch. They'll end up winning. But this could be a great game. It feels like a game that shouldn't be at 1 o'clock Eastern. No Cowboys game feels like it should be at 1 o'clock Eastern. But this one is, and we'll be keeping a close eye on it. As we will with the first of two annual games between the Vikings and the Packers. Border war. The Packers not good. The Vikings With the longest winning streak right now in the NFC at two. Vikings are favored by one. The over-under is 42. I've actually picked Green Bay straight up and against the spread every week this year. And they have let me down far more often than not. I'm going to start since it's my team, Chris. You would tell me to start anyway. Right. Listen. You don't properly honor what you did Monday night against the 49ers. If you go to Lambeau Field and piss down your leg against the Packers, a Packers team that can be had, a Packers team that has been had, a Packers team where the bandwagon is emptying out, the cheese is getting moldy, Vikings fans may take that place over, buying up the tickets on the secondary market and making the drive to Green Bay from Minnesota, skull claps galore. This is an opportunity for the Vikings to get to 500. Who would have expected the way they started that by the trade deadline, They'd be at 500. I think they will be, and I think they're going to go on a run here. They've got winnable games coming up between now and their bye week. All the way to week 15, they've got winnable games. Right after their bye, they've got the Raiders, then they go to Cincinnati. The Vikings see an opportunity. The pressure is off. They've weathered the early season storm of screw-ups. They're waiting for Justin Jefferson to come back, which will make things even better. I think they'll be good enough to pull off the victory, and the score I have picked is 27-24 Vikings. I'm making it close. I'm making it interesting, but it's Vikings to win, Vikings to cover, Vikings to get to 4-4. Four and four. Yeah, I hear you there. I mean, I think you said a lot of things the right way. You know, I had somebody ask me yesterday about the Vikings in the playoffs, and I said, I have more confidence this year if the Vikings got in the playoffs, they could win a football game than I did last year. And I know they were 13-4 and four last year, and that sounds crazy. But, you know, you kind of said it. They survived that early season, we, we fumble, we mess up games, have the turnover disease, whatever it is. 
I think, you know, last week hopefully was the turning of turning the page of, of those type of moments. And, and it is the jump off. But your defense is much more conducive to being respectable and winning a playoff game. And as we saw last week, Justin Jefferson or not, this offense can move the football. O'Connell's amazing. Kirk Cousins is hot. Jordan Addison's role is only going to grow, and they're going to continue to feel more confident about putting more on his plate. The other group of receivers is damn good. The Packers, I don't know what to expect from them right now. I mean, really, as it went into their bye, they were going the wrong direction. I mean, really, there's no other way to say it. The defense has been okay, but the offense has certainly gone the wrong way. And Jordan Love and where he's at, I just can't trust that right now. So I'm with you. I'm going Vikings Vikings 24-20. I think you get a last-ditch, you know, uh, desperate type of effort here with the Packers to a degree to keep it close, but I'm taking the Vikings. And let's see what Kirk Cousins does after what was his best game as a Viking. And it really was. It was his best game. His time with the team so far has been a disappointment. They've been to the playoffs twice. They've won one postseason game. It has been a disappointment. Monday night was anything but. How you follow it up, though, that puts it in the proper context. We'll see if they can keep it going. All right. Saints at the Colts. Saints are favored by one. Despite all that weirdness with offensive issues and Derek Carr calling people out during the games, knowing damn well the camera's on him while he's making his faces and gesturing at guys like Chris Olave. Colts are the underdogs at home with an over-under of 43-and-a-half. Colts almost beat the Browns last week. Arguably should have beaten the Browns, but for a couple of bad calls that Jim Irsay went public with the NFL's admission about, can the Colts get right against the Saints team that isn't as good as the Browns team that was just there last week? No, no, they're not. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm such a believer in Shane Steichen and his offense and what he does, right? He's another guy that I look as an offensive mind that needs to be in the category of McDaniel, Shanahan, you know, uh, uh, the, the guy in uh, Ben Johnson in Detroit, O'Connell in Minnesota. He's one of the best game plan designers and play callers in football. Right, and so I, I I I expect them to have answers for the New Orleans defense that we know is good, but I don't. As we saw last week, I don't think it's really that good. You know, the Jaguars moved the ball on them. The Jaguars should have beat the New Orleans Saints by three scores at least. I mean, kind of self-inflicted wounds and messing up the game to a degree there. And yeah, I still don't have any faith in the New Orleans offense. I don't, you know, and I, I think the Derek Carr stuff and all that is a distraction to a degree, right? And can he, can he lead this offense and be that guy for this team? I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I don't know where this goes. I'm riding with the Colts 24-21. Yep, I've got the Colts 20-17. to Look, I'm surprised the Saints are favored. And I know they, they came back from down 24-9, and I know they got the potential to really put it all together, but – I watched all of Derek Carr's press conference yesterday, and, and I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. I don't think he's clicking with his new teammates. We're halfway into the season. It's just not working. The Saints are stuck with him through 2024. Maybe it'll get better. But I think going into that dome with a Colts team that is better than people realize, I think the Colts pull it off and the Colts win. All right, Patriots go to Miami, a place where they had a hard time even when the Patriots were really good. They got the win over Buffalo last week. The Dolphins are favored by nine and a half. That's the biggest spread of the week with an over-under of 46.5. The Dolphins might not have Tyree Kill. Will that be enough for the Patriots to maybe pull the upset, Chris? Uh, it's a little scary. It is. I do think the Patriots' defense has a handle 
and knows how to defend this offense to a degree. I mean, we saw that earlier this year. I mean, it, the Miami Dolphins did not go up and down the field, you know, on the New England Patriots. Broke a few big runs late in the game, right? That kind of, you know, helped their cause, certainly. But it was a close football game. Uh, I, I expect that, you know, to, to hold true again on that side of the ball as far as the Patriots being able to slow them down to the degree. I don't see this like, oh, the Dolphins are going to be back on – you know, on par here, and I'm picking it as in as if Tyreek Hill will not be playing. I don't pick it as like, oh, they're going to be they're going back. It's going to be 38 points this week. Absolutely not. The big question really is just the Patriots' offense and where are they, right? You know, the offensive line has gotten healthier. You know, Mac Jones did look good last week. Uh, they were pretty consistent moving the ball. Demario Douglas, they get him the ball. He's one of the few guys in their offense that we saw again last week where he can make stuff happen for them and make some explosive plays. I think the Patriots will hang around in this one. The 9.5 is too many points for me. Uh, I'm going to go Dolphins, though, 24-20. Patriots hang around and make it interesting. I've got Dolphins 27-20. We both have the Patriots covering. Yeah, I think that we, we see this. And this is one of the big criticisms I have of the Chargers. The Chargers have no answers for Travis Kelsey. They know they're going to see him twice a year. How the hell do you not have answers for a guy in your division? Belichick's specialty, among others, is to know the teams well that he faces twice per year. It's how he beat the Bills. It's how he kept it close against the Dolphins. It's how he beat the Jets. He knows them. He knows how to go against them. He knows how to attack them. He knows what to take away. And if Tyreek Hill is taken away by a hip injury, that makes it even easier for Bill Belichick. I still don't think the Patriots have the personnel at this point to win the game, especially in Miami, where, as I said earlier, the Patriots have struggled even when they were great. So I'll give it to the Dolphins, but I'll give the Patriots the cover because, again, even at 2-5, and five, Bill Belichick, one of the great coaches in the NFL, it's his failure as a personnel evaluator that has created this problem, not as failure as an in-game X's and O's head coach. So we're on the same page yet again. Jets at Giants, a game that once upon a time we were going to lobby NBC that we could be there and do our contribution to Football Night in America from MetLife Stadium after the game because Jets, Giants, woohoo, Aaron Rodgers. What, you know, and the Giants were supposed to be good. And now it's like, oh boy, the Giants aren't very good. But the Jets have turned it around. Coming off of their bye, Zach Wilson. And the Jets are favored by three against the Giants. We don't know whether it's going to be Daniel Jones. He was limited in practice on Wednesday with the neck injury. Tyrod Taylor would be the quarterback. Otherwise, he got a win last week over the Commanders. Three-point favorite. Giants are the home underdog. Home underdog. It's the stadium they share. 36-and-a-half over under. Who do you like? Well, it, it's an interesting matchup. You know, I think it's a matchup. We know the Jets are talented. Probably the – I mean, there's no doubt they're the more talented team on the football field. Their style of play, I think, is conducive to the Giants hanging around, though. I do. You know, I, I think, one, they just the Jets' offense, I, I, I don't expect them to move the ball up and down the field consistently on the Giants. Absolutely not. As we Again, the, the Bills game last week against the Commanders, whatever. You know, everybody's seeing the Giants' D is real. You know, you know I, I, like you've heard me try to say just about every week, they're a pain in the butt. And I don't see the Jets running the ball on the New York Giants. No way. Sexy Dexy and Leonard Williams and the rest of those big fuckers they got up there, they're tough to run against. Hello. Yep. Hello, London. We're here. Yeah. So that's where I don't expect a lot of points from the Jets on that side of the ball. I mean, we know that. The Jets have a hard time scoring against anybody, really. 
Now, the other side is where it can be scary for the Giants. I do worry about them getting steamrolled by the Jets' defensive line and creating havoc and all of that. Uh, but I think they'll manage things the right way. Saquon Barkley has certainly changed their team a little bit. You know, O-line being a hair healthier and playing a little bit better the last two weeks, certainly, right? Um, receivers, passing game, they're kind of finding their stride. Tyrod Taylor's been good. You know, I, 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 think, I think this is the kind of game the Giants can hang around and maybe pull off the upset. I'm going to go with it. You know, the Giants, when it's in that... 17-13, those kind of games. That's giant football with Brian Dable the last two years. That's where I think it's going to go. I'm taking the Giants 17-14, pulling off the upset at Giant Stadium. The G-Men! <laughs> well, the game's going to happen at JetLife Stadium because it's going to be 14-10. That last touchdown is going to be thwarted. They're going to make some sort of a mistake. There's going to be a fumble, an interception, or something. And Saquon Barkley, the guy you mentioned, he's got an elbow injury. Now, I don't know that it's going to affect him, but he was limited in practice on Wednesday. Does it matter to you whether it's Daniel Jones or Tyrod Taylor? No, not really. It doesn't. It doesn't. I do think that Daniel Jones brings more of a running element to their offense, I would like to say. You know, and, you know, I listen, I, I know there's a lot of talk right now. Tyrod Taylor, should he keep the job? He's done a great job. He's one of the best backups in football. We know that. He's also gotten a little lucky where the team got healthy, Saquon got back, and they got to play against the reeling Buffalo Bills that we see have issues. I mean, the fucking Patriots moved the ball up and down the field on the Bills last week, right? So, you know, he got a little lucky with them and then a commander's team who, of course, is falling apart in front of our eyes, too. So the context of that also, like, before everybody wants to just dump Daniel Jones, I want to go, Tyrell Taylor's gotten a little lucky with how things have played out here, not taking anything away from the play at all. And, no, I don't think it necessarily affects the Giants all that much, no. So you got the Giants, I got the Jets. Our first disagreement of the week on anything, outcome or spread. No, we had a spread on the uh, Rams-Cowboys game opposite. That's right, that's that's right. right. Never mind, never mind. All good. First disagreement straight up. Straight up your ass. First disagreement straight up. (laughs) How fucking dare you? You go against my family's team and pick the Jets. How dare you? (laughs) Jets, Jets, Jets. (laughs) All right, Jaguars, Steelers. Pasta and meatballs against... Ketchup and egg noodles coming up from Jacksonville to take on the Steelers. Look, I'm going to start on this one, too, because it's my second favorite team. Of course. You. Of course. Last week, I thought it was going to be one of those weeks where the pasta and meatballs didn't work. And as the game wore on and the Steelers kept it close, I thought, here we go. Here we go. We've seen this they movie before. Close, they're going to find a way to win. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what? I. It can't keep happening. This is the week. Jaguars understand. Jaguars have the extra time to get ready. Trevor Lawrence's knees getting better. Jaguars hold the distinction, and I think it's a rare distinction. I don't think anyone else has ever matched this. Winning twice in Pittsburgh the same season. Jaguars did it in 2007. That's right. A long time ago. But Mike Tomlin was the coach then, which is just amazing to think that's how long he's been there. But the Jaguars are really good, and I know the Steelers keep finding a way, and they keep finding a way, and I'm going to pick them to find a way eventually. I just can't believe it every single week. It happened last week. It happened against the Ravens. It happened against the Brown. It just can't keep happening. The Jaguars are one of the elite teams. They're number three in this week's power rankings, 24-13. The score I picked last week for the Rams to beat the Steelers in was wrong. This week, 24-13, Jaguars win, Steelers lose. I'm sorry, Steelers fans, it's not sustainable. 
this is the week it ends. And if it doesn't end this week, maybe it never will. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. I really am. I can't even believe it. Who am I talking to here? I cannot believe two weeks in a row you're not going to go with pasta and meatballs and the Steelers. What's going on in the world here? I, I, you know, the Steelers are unbelievable. As we've stated, I've never seen a team get outplayed more and still win games. And, you know, listen, you know, you can, you can look at that in, a, in whatever way you want. I look at it as because Mike Tomlin knows how to motivate his guys, and they are the ultimate four-quarter football team. They hit and bring it all game long like it's the first play, and if it's the 73rd play of the game, they bring it the same way they would with the first play of the game with the crowd going crazy in the early emotions. They literally out-hit and out-physical teams, and that's how they've won some of these games they didn't deserve to win. I don't think that's happening against this group. This group brings it, too. They're young. Right? They're still learning their ways like we saw last week. I mean, they could have put the Saints away seven different times and we could have gotten to bed and just be over with. Uh, so they're not perfect that way. But they can run the football. I think balance is a real issue for the Steelers. When they have to play an offense that can both run the ball and pass the ball, it's a problem. You know, they like one team to be re- they like a team to be really good at one area and then not have to worry about the other area. They can then figure things out that way. This is going to be tough on them, I think. And of course, we know the Steelers' offense; nothing's fixed there. They still stink. You know, there's nothing to look at there. I mean, it's an occasional big play. If you get man to man, they're looking for pickings. I know Deontay Johnson helps. Jaguars twenty eight twenty. I got 24-13. This is the first of three straight home games for the Steelers. They have the Thursday night game against the Titans. They have the Packers after that. And I think they'll turn it around. I'll probably pick them to win each of the next two. This one, I don't see it happening. And this is an old AFC Central rivalry. Do you remember the time that it was a Monday night game and there was a blocked field goal by the Jaguars late and it looked like Bill Cowher wanted to go out and tackle the guy who was running by him with the ball I do. at the end of that game. Yes. That was that was what, late 90s, I, something like that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a lingering rivalry of days gone by I think the Jaguars get it done all right I mentioned the Titans they play the Steelers on Thursday night next week before that they host the Falcons in their Oilers throwback uniforms the Falcons are favored by three the Titans could be in sell mode could be the last game for a couple of veteran players on the team we don't know how much we're going to see Will Levis or Malik Willis we know we're going to see both of them unless a miracle happens and Ryan Tannehill can play, which is unlikely. Who do you like? I, I just think this is going to be a defensive struggle, run the ball. This game might be over by 2.30 Eastern time on Sunday. I mean, that, that's how I kind of look at it. It's going to be three yards in a cloud of dust. It's going to bring us back 70 years in football evolution. Both teams want to run the ball. Both teams want to play defense, keep the game low scoring. You know, I, the Falcons are showing progress. On the offensive side of the ball, Desmond Ritter is. I mean, he still had some shaky turnovers last week. I get that. But he also made some big-time throws. You know, for the second week in a row, I went, damn, Ritter, he letting the ball go, making some plays with his right arm. That's, that's certainly encouraging for them. So, you know, I like to see that. The Falcons' defense is phenomenal. It is. They can do everything. Uh, I th- I, that, it's a tough task for Malik Willis or Levis, whoever plays in this game, if both play, it sounds like both are going to play, to come in and have to go against this group. I don't imagine them running the ball consistently. I don't imagine many people open downfield. I think Tennessee gives Atlanta's offense a hard time too, but I think Atlanta is just a better quality football team. I'm going to take them to win the game on the road, 1917. Yeah, I got 21-14. Now, you've got the Titans covering the three points. Yeah. But I got 21-14, the Falcons covering – 
you know, I, I almost allowed myself to get caught up in the whole Oilers throwbacks. And then I remembered we're going to see a guy who's never played in the regular season before in Will Levis. Malik Willis, a guy who was very spotty last year to the point where he got benched for Josh Dobbs. So you're right. The Falcons defense, very good. Offense, good enough. Desmond Ritter playing better than expected more often than not and engineering victories and the Falcons are currently in first place in the yeah. NFC South. And you just got to stop the dumb late. turnovers, right? Like we saw last week. I mean, just some of the fumbles and things like that. It's just, you know, that's a little bit troubling there. But, you know, I think he is on the right track here and growing as a passer, which is good to see. And a big win in Tampa last week when Bijan Robinson was barely able to play. That was impressive. That's progress. And I think the Falcons get this one. All right. Eagles at the Commanders, the last of the 1 o'clock games on the Week 8 Sunday slate. The Eagles are favored by 6.5 with an over-under of 43.5. Eagles won earlier this year over the Commanders. Do they finish the sweep, and do they get to 7-1, and one, Chris? Yes, 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 yes. It, it, it feels like, you know, it, the walls are caving in on the Commanders, the Ron Rivera era, all of that. It, it, it just feels that way. You know, he and Jack Del Rio are defensive coaches. Their defense stinks, and they got a ton of talent. There's no excuse. You know, offensively, you know, they're having a hard time there, too. You know, their offensive line is just, it's not very good, right? So they can't consistently rely on the run game. They don't pass protect all that well, and they have a young quarterback who's afraid to just throw it up or put a, throw the ball away maybe because he's being hit or whatever else, and he takes too many sacks. You know, yeah, he gets sacked a lot. A lot of them are the offensive line's fault, and then a few every game are his fault from just holding the ball forever. But that's an issue here. And I think Philadelphia last week, you know, I think the loss against the Jets was a little bit of a wake-up call. I, I think they're going to come out here and, and try to put it on the Washington Commanders. Commanders will be desperate trying to one last gasp effort here, but I'm going Eagles 30-20. to 20. Yeah, I've got the Eagles winning this one, 30-17. Look, they look great on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, and the commanders do feel like they're in disarray. It feels like it's coming to an end for maybe a lot of key personnel with the commanders because you got a new owner, and the new owner is going to bring in his own people. That's how it goes. And, it, it again, it just is starting to feel inevitable for the commanders, and it's feeling inevitable for the Eagles that they're going to be there at least in the final four, maybe in the final two of the NFC, maybe in the final two of the entire NFL. All right, we break. Did I get my score? I did, 30-17. to 17. The late afternoon games for the eighth Sunday of the 2023 regular season when PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbuttoned continue right after this. Do not forget... On DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. All right. Sunday afternoon, Browns-Seahawks. Kind of a kind of a low-key, like, damn. You know, you got a couple of teams with two losses, opportunities to really cement midseason position in the playoff chase Browns defense incredible even though they gave up 38 points last week Seahawks balanced looking good winning games favored by four PJ Walker gets the start for the Browns as this weirdness continues between the Browns and Deshaun Watson over under 38 Chris who do you like yeah you know, um, I mean 
the offense of Cleveland is is concerning, right? It just there, there's not a lot there. I mean, like you just said, you know, one Cleveland let up 38 points last week, and they scored 39. And really, they scored 39 in big part because their 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 offense basically, I mean, their defense set them up for 25 of those points. I mean, there was only two drives the whole game by the offense. Really, everything else was set up by the defense, if not scored by the defense. So, and uh, they're real. They have a little bit of a feel to me like the 2015 Broncos where they're going to make three or four plays every game that's going to give their offense the advantage. If not, they're going to score themselves. I, that's kind of what I feel like watching the Browns right now. And the Seahawks are a team that doesn't necessarily pass protect all that well. You know, we saw issues two weeks ago with the with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, red zone issues have been a problem to a degree there. So I'm a little scared from that standpoint. This might be a game where, yeah, Geno holds the ball, trying to make too many plays, whatever else, and strip sack or hit while he's throwing the ball. That scares me. But, you know, what scares me more is the Browns, the Browns offense and P.J. Walker on the road in Seattle. Uh, and, and and again, Seattle, their defense, I think, continues to get better. They they will overplay the run to stop it, as you've heard me say before. And they have a good run defense. So I'm going to take the Seahawks in this one, even though I am scared. I do. I think this is, you know, even though I say, hey, they have a good run defense, the Browns are one of those teams that uh, I said the 49ers had a good run defense, and they ran the ball on the 49ers. And the Browns are kind of one of those teams that show they almost can run on anybody. So that's where I get scared, and that defense, of course, is scary. But I'm going to go Seahawks 20-17. to I've got Seahawks 23-20. So we're both going with the Seattle win-Browns cover. It is something that feels like it's going to be a close game. Miles Garrett, potentially – MVP of the league. I mean, if the Browns somehow pull enough of these cards and yeah, get yeah. The one seed in right. the NAF, AFC, who else from that team would be the MVP candidate if they're the one seed? And if we subscribe to this idea that someone from the one seed is the one who should be getting the MVP votes, Garrett has been phenomenal. And the offense has been functional without Nick Chubb and without Deshaun Watson. So I think they can keep it close. I think they could possibly win it. I'm going to go with Seattle just because long trip for the Browns. They don't have their starting quarterback. The Seahawks are kind of clicking. They're going to have their throwback uniforms on, the one, you know, the silver helmet throwback. So it's going to be kind of a neat vibe for them, and maybe that carries over and helps make the difference. Who knows? Either way, we both agree. Seahawks by three. I just give a few more points to get it to the over. Chris is at 37. The over-under is 38, so he's on the under. All right, the Ravens, who are looking great, who are clicking offensively and defensively after splattering the Detroit Lions 38 to 6. They go to Arizona to take on a 1 and 6 Cardinals team that that did beat the Cowboys. That's the one win they have so they're capable of putting it together. Can they do it as 8-point home underdogs with an over under of 44, Chris? No, they can't. No. The Ravens are one of the best teams in football. Uh I I had kind of even before last week had been stating I and I think I said it to you once or twice where uh, the Ravens, when I looked at them and they were kind of, you know, playing at their best or whatever, you know, and in those moments of the game in Pittsburgh or even, you know, in London against the Tennessee Titans, where I'd look at them on film and go, man, they're when they play like this, nobody can beat them. They're they're phenomenal. I think it's the most creative defense in football, right? They got tremendous size. Uh, I don't think the Cardinals, who can run the football and have run the football on just about everybody, I don't think that's going to happen this week. 
And, and I just don't think the quarterback play and the passing offense is good enough to expose the Ravens. And the Ravens are great in the secondary, too. I really love the Ravens' defense, and I think the offense has arrived. I do. I think they have found – Todd Munkin has found the, and struck the right balance of, hey, yeah, we're going to run the ball, but I know how to use play action and plays off of it, and we're going to have a more expansive drop-back pass game. I'm going Ravens 31-13, Mike. I've got 34-20 Baltimore Ravens. Look, it feels like the offense is finally coming together. Lamar Jackson is doing a great job of balancing the pass and the run, avoiding the run when the pass is there. It just feels like it's clicking, and this is a great opportunity midseason for them to get the win. What Mark Andrews told me after last week's game, this is the time to start separating. And they've got a tough division. They need to get their wins. This is one that if you've got aspirations to go deep into the playoffs, you can't lose to one of the worst teams in football, which the Cardinals are. I mean, Cardinals fans, sorry, but, but you know it. They, by now you know it. One and six. It's one of the worst teams. They've been competitive. They could win, but not today. 34-20 Ravens. All right, Chiefs at the Broncos. Second time they've met in three games. They played on a Thursday a couple of weeks ago. The Broncos barely scored any points. They had a touchdown. I think it was fourth quarter that avoided what would have been the first shutout ever for Sean Payton as a head coach. 16 to 8, I believe, was the final score. I could be wrong. 19 to 8. 19 8. I knew I was wrong. All right. So the Chiefs favored by seven in Denver. Broncos just beat the Packers. Broncos trying very hard to get a win. 13 and 0 are the Chiefs over the Broncos the last several years. Do the Broncos finally get a win? Have we ever seen anything like this, right? Have we ever seen one team dominate a division to this extent year after year after year like we're watching with the Chiefs right now? I mean, it's I mean the Patriots are the, you know, their dynasties are the only thing I can even think of. I mean, it's truly incredible. I it, it really is. And yeah, of course I'm picking Kansas City. 100%. I you know, I, I don't know if that 19 to eight game is does well for Denver or if it's I, I almost look at it and go Kansas City's gonna look at that and go what the hell were we doing that night we're better than that and they're gonna be kind of on their game here we know it's the roller coaster of the Chiefs you never know what's gonna happen as we've stated though that Chiefs defense is real like we see every week they are and I'm certainly not gonna go with Russell Wilson in that offense to beat Patrick Mahomes in that offense versus that Denver defense I'm going Chiefs 27-17 I got 28-14 I the, the Chiefs haven't lost since the week one opener to the Lions. They just keep finding ways to win, and they're getting better and better as they do. They're the one team that I still would look at and say, I have more faith in them than anyone else right now in the NFL, and they're not going to do something that they've never done with Patrick Mahomes as their starting quarterback. They're not going to lose to the Denver Broncos. Watch, they're going to lose to the Denver Broncos. All right, the last one in the late afternoon window. Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco 49ers. Rematch of Super Bowl 16? Yep. Was it and, 16? Yeah. And 23. 23. Right. 16 and 23. So uh, 49ers won both, obviously. Close games in both, obviously. Bengals are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. The line moved by two points with the news that Brock Purdy's in the concussion protocol. Sam Darnold will get the start. The Bengals have had two weeks to get ready. The 49ers had to play on Monday night. Hard-fought game. They lost. They lost two in a row. Is this an opportunity for the Bengals to go out – to Levi's Stadium and steal one out of the back pocket 
of the 49ers blue jeans. Yeah, yeah. I think this is scary. I, I, I do think it's scary. You know, I'm, it feels like Cincinnati defense has righted the ship, right? I don't think the 49ers are going to be able to just run the ball on the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they've gotten that straight. You know, B.J. Hill and D.J. Reader and what they do in the interior part of that that D-line are special. So I don't look at that. I, I do think the Bengals have the type of pieces on the defensive side of the ball that can make life hard on Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold, whoever's playing in this football game. I do. And, you know, the other side of that, though, and where I worry about it, and this is why I'm going to go with the 49ers, I'm just still not sold on the Bengals' offense and not against this group for all things we've stated. You know, I mean, they were very fortunate to beat Seattle before the bye. Their defense let them off the hook. Their offense disappeared after halfway through the second quarter. Uh, so that's one where I just can't get behind it yet. I think they match up well with the 49ers. I think the 49ers are reeling a little bit, right? I do worry about Joe Burrow and the fact that he might be able to slowly pick them apart a little bit like we saw Kirk Cousins do. I do. But it's, it, I'm just not ready to jump on it yet. So I'm going to take the 49ers here in a close one, 24-21. Oh, baby. I'm taking the Bengals. Ooh. Yes, I am. I got the <laughs> Bengals, 24-21, a close one. But, you know, I think about Zach Taylor, who came from the same coaching tree as Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. And you broke it down perfectly on Tuesday how – the Minnesota offense understood the rules of right. the San Francisco defense right. and how they were able to pick it apart. And the Bengals have better receivers than the Vikings. I do. hear you. And they have a better quarterback than the Vikings yep. do. All due respect to Kirk and the Cousins. <laughs> I like it to Joe Burrow. Two weeks to get ready. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I don't understand this inequity in the scheduling process where the Bengals have 14 days to prepare and the 49ers go Monday night to Sunday. That's not fair to the 49ers. You take Brock Purdy out of the mix, Sam Darnold comes in. It just feels like too much. And I know that, you know, in the abstract, you look at this and say, after losing two in a row, this is the game where the 49ers find their footing. Yes, against someone other than the Bengals, who have fought their way back to three and three and who are ready to start asserting themselves in I the AFC you. North. You that know, they were off last weekend. All the other three teams won. Right. Greater pressure on them to win this one for themselves and for anybody else that's looking at the Bengals saying they've lost something. The Bills are down. We know they can play against the Chiefs. And this is the opportunity for the Bengals to kind of remind everyone that they're still pretty damn good. And Joe Burrow had two weeks yeah. to let that calf I hear heal you. up even more. Nah. I like the Bengals 24-21. I hear you. I think your right. point with Kevin, you know, about the coaching staff and what they saw Kevin O'Connell and company do too, certainly crossed my mind as I was picking the game going, damn, he's going to watch that and understand what O'Connell was teaching and know the base thoughts and roots of why they did things. And maybe it'll be something that, you know, they, they build on and, and go, wait, wait, we can do some of this stuff. That's certainly scary, along with some of the other stuff you said. No doubt, Mike. All right, we break now. When we come back, the primetime games for Week 8. Chris Sims on button to PFTPM. Joint Megapix podcast resumes right after this. All right, we got DraftKings, baby. 
Here we go. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code UNBUTTON when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Damn, I dominated right, you Sunday on the read football. again. Dominated you. Woo! Chris Sims, 2-0 on the reads versus Florio. <laughs> Are you done? I'm done. Sunday night football. <laughs> Bears, Chargers. Bears. Tyson Bagent. Justin Herbert. Chargers favored by eight and a half. Oh, boy. The three primetime games this week. Nine-point spread, eight-and-a-half point spread, eight-point spread. So much for... Well, who knows? Who knows? We both think the Bucks are going to cover. Yeah. Do you think that the Bears can cover the eight and a half point spread with an over under of forty six and a half on Sunday Night Football on NBC and Peacock, Chris? I, I, of course, I think they can cover. I think this is like sneaky upset alert here. I do. I mean, first off, um, I'm going to go back to what I've been doing lately. Uh, the Chargers defense, it sucks. Yes, it does. <laughs> hey, come on down. And the Bears offense, all right, Bajan, as we saw, hey, they, they played a conservative. He's a natural throw in the football. When I watch back the game, he really didn't make one dicey decision. He sees the field the right way, right? I don't look at this as being, oh, no, they're in a – this is a moment that's just too big for him. And, whoa, he's got to go to the Chargers, that away stadium. Oh, that's right. There'll be more Bears fans than Chargers fans there, most likely. So I don't – all those things kind of I look at and go, this is okay for a rookie quarterback. And here's the other thing where I just say it's upset alert is the fact that the Bears have got their O-line right. They got it right. Tim Patrick, good center. They got Tevin Jenkins, that right guard. Cody Whitehair at the other guard. You know, the number 10 pick, Darnell Wright at tackle. Borum at the leather left tackle. They can bludgeon you in the run game. They have a thing going on right now that's like, hey, you know, you, you know we can run it. We know we can run it. We're still going to run it, right? And their defense has been better ever since Ibrufloos has taken over. I still don't have the guts to pick them in this one, okay? After all that lead-up and all that stuff I just talked there, I still can't do it. I'm going to take the Chargers here 21-17, uh, to 17, but I think the Bears make it uncomfortably interesting for the Chargers. All right. Well, let me tell you something. Oh, tell and me something. One hey. of the problems. <laughs> let me tell, hey, let me tell you something. I don't know what that accent was. I'm going to tell you this. Because we have to make our picks on Thursday, there's really no surprise and we can't change our minds and we can't see what the other people on Football Night in America are doing before we make our picks. We don't know what America is going to think, although America is probably going to be heavily in favor of the Chargers for this one. I am preemptively saving us from everyone picking the Chargers You're gonna do and it. nobody picking the Bears. I'm picking the Bears. That's one reason. The other reason, there's three in all. The other reason, Tyson Bajant, the first West Virginia high school quarterback to start an NFL game since Len Barnum wow. in 1942 for wow. the Eagles. And before that, Barnum was a member of the 1938 New York Giants World Championship team. Damn. So you should have an affinity for the West Virginia high school quarterback. Apparently you don't. 
I do in Tyson Bajan. I believe in Tyson Bajan. He belongs. And reason number three, the Chargers are caca. <laughs> I and you were going to say that. They need a reset. They need a reset. They're going to get a reset soon. I don't know when their bye week is, but that's when they're going to get the reset. My score, 27-24. Good for you. The Bears. Good for you. Over the Chargers. I didn't have the guts to do it. I don't think it's crazy what you're doing there. And what's up with West Virginia? You guys don't play quarterback there in high school football? You guys just hand the ball? I mean, two in the history of time? I mean, holy crap. What's going on? Fred Wyant, a West Virginia native who was West Virginia University's quarterback, was drafted in round three by Washington in 1956, but he threw two passes in his one-year career. I don't know what happened there, but it's small population base. That's the reality. Monday Night Football, Raiders at the Lions. The Lions pissed off that they lost so badly to the Ravens. The Raiders, caca part two from the AFC West. It's an eight-point spread. I think it should be higher than that. I think the Lions at home are going to destroy the Raiders. I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, 38-13 Lions, Monday Night Football. The over-under is 46.5, so I'm even – am I over? 51, yes, 51. My math is rarely correct. It is there. I like the Lions, and 92% of the spread money is on the Lions, according to DraftKings Sportsbook. I have a similar thought to you. I do. I'm I'm, I'm picking the Lions to cover the spread, too. I picked it 34-24. It just feels like that. I'm I'm kind of like – do we know, is there rumors on Jimmy Garoppolo and where we are there, right? I, I could see the, the Raiders throwing the ball on the, the Lions a little bit. That's why I'm going to give them 24 points here. Uh, but that's more conducive on if Jimmy Garoppolo plays. I feel like if he doesn't play, the score might be more of like what you said, where yeah, you got 38-13, I got 34-24. If no Jimmy Garoppolo, I want to go, eh, then it's going to be like 34-20 or 34-17. That, that's kind of how I view it. Uh, but, yeah, I think that this, this Lions offense poses way too many problems for a Raiders defense that's really doing it with all coaching. I mean, there's nobody special on that Raiders defense. Like you saw last week, Tyson Bajan and the Bears just blew bludgeoned them, did whatever they wanted, right? There's just lack of, lack of Jimmy and Joes on the defensive side of the ball for the Raiders. And the offense right now, it's still the same issues. No run game, I don't care, Hoyer, Aiden O'Connell, whatever. There just ain't enough there right now. Uh, I'm going with the lines as well, Mike. Yeah, the problem with Monday Night Football, we don't get injury reports until Thursday. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo had that back injury against the Patriots. It sent him to the hospital by ambulance. He checked out for any internal injuries, didn't play last week. I don't know what his status is going to be this week, but it doesn't matter to me. I just think the Lions are going to be ready to restore the roar, baby, after what happened to them against the Ravens. And we talked about their schedule. Wins, 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 all the way until week 17 against the Cowboys. Easy wins. The Vikings game week 16 might be a little more difficult now. We'll see. But the Lions should be able to stack some wins together and put themselves in position maybe to be the one seed. We'll take a break. When we come back, best bets, Folsom Prison Blues, Chris Sims Unbuttoned, PFTPM. We'll see you right after this. Chris Sims Unbuttoned, PFTPM, Joint Mega Picks Podcast, best bets time. We disagree on three games straight up, and we disagree on three games against the spread. We'll see how it plays out this week. We now pick three games each as our best, or as the case may be, worst bets of the week. Chris, what do you have? I'm going to go with the Rams to start it off. Six points is too much for me in this Cowboys game. 
I think the Rams match up pretty well with them. I think the simplicity of the offense of the Cowboys plays into the Rams' hands. And I think the over-aggressive nature uh, of the Cowboys' defense plays into their hands. I would not be shocked if they pulled off an upset here. I'm going Cowboys 20-17, to but I just think that the Rams will hang around and this will be a field goal type of football game when it's all said and done. One thing I've learned over the years is that big favorites are often big favorites for a reason. And quite often, they're not big enough favorites. I'll start with the Ravens giving only eight to the lowly Cardinals as the Ravens slip it into overdrive with that offense that looked unstoppable against the Lions. I'll take the Ravens laying eight points to one in six Arizona. Yeah, I hear you there. I'm going to do the same thing. I look at that one, too. It just too, it's, uh, I think the Ravens are hitting their stride. I think it's it's really the best defense in football. It's right up there with the Browns, okay? And I think their offense is like in watch-out category. They're about to explode, so I'm with you there. Next one for me, the Chiefs have delivered for me. They saved me last week. They'll save me again. Seven points, not enough. They're going to dismantle the Denver Broncos and get to 7-1. and one. Chiefs minus seven, my second best bet. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, with my third best bet, I'm going with the team I'm pissed off I didn't take last week. I went against everything I fucking believe in, which is size is better than speed in the NFL, okay? I'm going with the Eagles over the crumbling Washington Commanders. I'm taking the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Same idea for me, but not that game. Another eight-point spread, the Lions. Yeah. The Lions are going to kick this shit out of the Raiders. Ah. McDumbass will be trending again on Twitter Monday night. Give me the Lions. All right. I'm with you there. That one is the one I went back and forth with with the Rams-Cowboys game. So that'll piss me off if you hit that. It really will. Let's go, Cowboys. All right. What's your dead in the gutter? Who are you picking? Yeah, Folsom Prison Blues. The one game straight up that if we were laying, dying in a gutter, not dead because it would be irrelevant at that point, that we like. And I'm perfect so far this year. You've lost two of them, so you're dead in the gutter twice. <laughs> I hate to pick a best bets team, but I'll take the Chiefs. How can you not take the Chiefs? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Cardinals. I'm going to do that one. I mean, I understand that. But, yeah, I'm taking the Ravens over the Cardinals, all right? You know, okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. You got, I got I excited there. I picked the I team excited. that is supposed to lose. I always think of that. I do it the wrong way. I'm, I'm stupid or something. Enjoy the games. <laughs> See, ya. See you. Monday. Peace out, homies. Or Friday. Or whenever.